You're listening to the Cornerstone Chapel High School Youth Ministry. Let's head into the service for this week's message. Part one, the rapture of the church. That's what we're going to talk about tonight, the rapture of the church. What that means. What does rapture mean? Um, what, what does that look like? When is that going to come? Do we know when it's going to come? We're going to talk about all that today. Part two for next week is the tribulation. Um, this is all in chronological order, by the way. The rapture of the church, the tribulation will be second. We'll talk about that. What does that mean? What does that look like? Part three will be the Jesus' second coming and his thousand-year reign here on this earth. Here on this earth. And part four will be new heaven and the new earth. So everything that I've just told you right here is what we're going to be studying this next four weeks. And um, you, you can't really teach Revelation in one study. You can't. It's impossible. There's just so much in there, so much packed information you have to take in. Just expect, just imagine John, the apostle. When this angel and Jesus, his revelation is revealed to John, it says that John would just like freak out. He would bow down in reverence. He would just not know what this means. And so if John didn't really know much, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Jesus is going to be okay that if we're not going to get every single detail in our brain and know everything about the end times. I don't, I don't think that's what God expects us, but he does expect us to understand it, to learn it, and to know it's coming. Because it is going to come. Now, this is a big hot topic. Everyone loves the end times. Oh, it's the end times. Oh, because it's, oh, it's just so cool. Apocalyptic and, oh, zombies everywhere. No, I don't think, I, I don't know where zombies and all that came from because that's not biblical and I don't think that's really going to happen in the end times. You may have wishful thinking. You can watch World War Z. I mean, I think it's a great movie, but I don't think it's going to happen. Just, to, just trying to tell you. Just a little, little biblical truth. But everyone loves the end times because it's so mysterious. What does it mean? When is it coming? There have been so many false prophets, and I'll call them false prophets, so many teachers out there that have said, this is when Jesus is coming back. They were wrong. The Bible clearly tells us no one knows the day or the hour, not even the angels know, nor the Son. Only the Father knows. Period. We don't have to start debating, oh, I think this is when Jesus is coming. But the Bible does give us signs of the times of when we can expect him to start coming. We don't know the date, September 25th, 2059. I mean, I could be right. I could be right. But I could be wrong. Probably wrong. But you can throw out any date you want. We don't know. We don't know. The Bible tells us, so why try? But we can study the signs of the times. And before we get started, I mean, I've been, I have a lot of books. I collect books, and I love studying and stuff. If you guys wanted more information on this, I would recommend this book called Signs of the Times. It's by Pastor Greg Laurie. He's a Calvary Chapel pastor in California. He wrote this book. It's an easy read. You can understand the signs of the times all the way from Jesus' ascension into heaven to the new heaven and new earth. It's a good book. I, I, I don't want to give you this one because this is mine, but uh, you, can, you can go look it up on Amazon or Google it. Signs of the Times by Greg Laurie. You can also look up Revelation, Unlocking the Future. It's by Edward Heinsohn. This is one of my college books back at Liberty. Good book. It helps you just know everything from the timeline, the structure, what goes on in order chronologically. I mean, you can, just, you can tell I'm a Bible nerd. I like, I like this stuff. If you're not a Bible nerd, nah, it's okay. I just, just try it. Just try it. See what happens. Thank you. Okay. This is a good book, Revelation, The Future Unlocked. Look it up, Amazon if you want. But they're good studies to know. Um, just easy reads of the end times and what's going to happen. So... Today, 
let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians. We're going to be skipping through a lot. I'm going to be going pretty in-depth because we're not going to meet for small groups tonight again. Um, praise the Lord. We are just going to be studying. Did I say that out loud? Sorry. We're just going to be studying. I think we need a little break. We'll be studying through a lot of chapters, so have your Bibles ready. I'm going to have you guys skip. Um, I mean, skim through the Bible. We are going to look up every passage I have on here. I want you guys to read it for yourselves, okay? So have your Bibles ready to be opened and ready to read. I'm going to read this, this um, section first. First Thessalonians, Thessalonians chapter 4. Chapter 4. There are two sm- first and second Thessalonians in the New Testament. Chapter 4, verse 13. Verse 13. Chapter 4. This is like a little class. I feel like a teacher, in a way. Okay. Never mind. Cameron, stay you with us? Don't fall asleep, baby. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> chapter 4, verse 13. Follow along with me. I'll read it, then we'll, we'll study it. It says, Brothers, or otherwise known as believers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Just a clarification, uh, those who fall asleep. He's not talking about natural sleep. (laughs) Um, This was a term used for death. But it was mainly a term used for believers who die. Because the Bible is not all about physical death and you're done. The Bible is about death is entrance into heaven. It's entrance into your new life. Your spirit lives on, but your body will decay. So he's not talking about natural sleep, like we don't want you guys to grieve over those who fall asleep. Like, whoa, what is he talking about? Sleep? Like, everyone sleeps. What what are we grieving about? He's not talking about, he's talking about death, but it's in a way that we can know you're passing on from this life onto eternity. Because we don't want to dwell on, oh, death is the last thing. Death is the last thing. No, death is the beginning of your new life in Jesus. So just remember, when he says the words fall asleep, it means death, in our terms, dying. So he said, we don't want to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or who die or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So those who have died in Jesus, those are believers. Verse 15, according to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left to the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together, you can circle that word caught up, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Okay, we'll stop right there. This is the basic passage where we get the rapture, the rapture. Now, as I just read, as you can see, the word rapture did not appear in there. Am I right? We did not even read the word rapture. In actuality, in the next slide says, I'm sorry, let's go to this one. The word rapture does not appear anywhere in the Bible. And that's true. It doesn't appear anywhere in the Bible. The word rapture. But the meaning behind it does, and that was this caught up that I had you underline or circle, the caught up word. That word rapture comes from the Latin raptus, raptus, and it means to be snatched or to be caught up. 
to be snatched, to be caught up. The Greek word is just basically harpazo, harpazo. But in the Latin, as you translate it to Latin, we get the word raptus. That's where we get our word rapture. So the word rapture just basically means caught up. And that's where, we get, that's where we translate the English word. That's where you hear everyone talk about the rapture, the rapture, the rapture. That's what this means. And so, what we just read, I want to give you a little timeline that I just skipped over. I want you guys to see this, and we're going to study this for a little bit. You first have on the timeline Jesus' resurrection. When Jesus died on the cross, he rose again on the third day. We all know this. It says right there, he lived on earth for 40 days, which is what the Bible tells us. He lived on earth for another 40 days in his glorified body. How do we know that? It's because he would appear to his disciples. The Bible says he could walk through walls. The Bible says he could still eat, though. This was was as referring to his glorified body. It was no longer his physical body that he died with. He lived on earth for another 40 days. He was then ascended back into heaven on the Mount of Olives. And Acts, the book of Acts chapter 1 talks about that. He was ascended back into heaven after the 40 days. Now, after his ascension, is what we have, the church age. And that's found in Revelation 1 through, 2, um, 1 through 3. We're not going to study that again, but that's the church age, and that's where we are today. So you have the church age right here. You have this timeline. We are close to right here, actually. We are getting closer to the end. How do I know that? Because we're going to study the signs of the times. Things are coming together. You just watch the news. You study the Bible along with it. Things are starting to unfold. How do we know this? Again, you can ask me questions later, but it's just about all the signs of the times found in Ezekiel, getting, to, getting the Jews back together in Israel. The, the Jewish nation became a Jewish state in 1948. After that, Jesus can come back anytime. That was the last thing that needed to be fulfilled before Jesus can come back. So that's been a long time now, since 1948. And things are now happening. And, and again, we're in this church age and we're getting closer. I mean, you're, every day you're getting closer to Jesus's. Uh, return, and when we're in the church is raptured. I mean, you, you can obviously say, we are closer than 10 years ago. Well, yeah, duh, we are. We are closer than yesterday. We are. The nearer we get, and the more time we live on, the closer we are getting. And we are in this church age. What we're going to study today is Jesus' rapture, when he raptures the church. He raptures the church, the seven-year tribulation begins. Seven-year tribulation begins. We'll get into that next week. But today is just about the rapture. So once he raptures the church, the tribulation begins. That is God's wrath on this God-forsaken, Jesus Christ-rejecting world. He's going to pour out his wrath. The Bible tells us this. The Antichrist is going to rise up halfway in the seven years, three and a half years, it says. The Antichrist will come on the scene, but he won't be a political power. Then he'll rise up as political power He'll claim to be God, and then the, the eyes of the Jews will be open. Everyone's going to see this guy's heretic. It's, he's a lunatic. He's not God. Their eyes are going to be open, the Bible tells us. He then will start going on a rampage, having the beast and himself be worshipped. The, the thing with the barcode and something that's going to be on the wrist or the forehead, that's how you can sell and buy, and buy goods. Again, I'm not going to get into all this, but this is all that what happens in that latter part of the tribulation. After the seven years are completed, we have here Jesus' second coming. The rapture is not Jesus' second coming. The rapture is when he meets us in the air. He takes his church up to be with him, and we go back to be with him in heaven. We are kept from the wrath, and we're going to get in this today. And then during the seven years, God's wrath is poured out on the unbelievers. 
Now, people can still get saved in the tribulation. And people will get saved in the tribulation, the Bible tells us. Then Jesus comes back in his, as the second coming. And he comes back with, guess who? You and I. The Bible tells us his holy ones, not angels, his holy ones, the saints, come back to judge the nations. We come back with the Lord, his second coming, Armageddon happens, the great white throne judgment is later after that. He comes and establishes his kingdom. On this very earth, this earth is going to be wiped out, destroyed, like tsunamis everywhere. Jesus is going to do full reconstruction on this earth. But now he's going to be king over the earth. No more presidents. No more kings of these nations. It's actually Jesus who's going to be king of the whole earth. It's hard to imagine, I know, because we're so used to our government, our order structure, and everyone else's economic system. Well, Jesus is going to just come and make peace with everything. Everyone's going to live in peace. Satan is going to be bound for that thousand years. Hallelujah. Satan is literally bound in chains during the, tribulation, during the thousand year reign where he can't tempt, can't deceive the nations, and people will still get, will be able to get saved. After the thousand years, there's the lake of fire, there's the great white throne judgment. That's when the judgment happens, where everyone, everyone that's ever lived, are going to be judged. Jesus has a record of everything that you and I have done, good or bad. And he's going to hold us accountable to it. That's the great white throne judgment. The ones that are, whose names are found in the book of life will be taken straight to heaven and to the new earth and the new Jerusalem. The ones not found in the Lamb's book of life will be thrown to the lake of fire. The lake of fire is not hell. It's a different place. That's the second death, the Bible tells us. And then you have the new heaven and the new earth. I know this is a lot right here in this first ten minutes. It's a lot. We're not going to study all of this right now. It's only going to be on the rapture for today. But that's the timeline. That's the time that we believe the Bible specifically tells us in chronological order that's going to happen. So right now, everything, we're still in the church age. The rapture hasn't happened, obviously. Jesus' second coming hasn't happened. But it will come. It will come. And so for today, let's talk about the rapture and the verses that are found in it. The rapture of the church. The rapture of the church. Two topics I want to talk about. It's for believers, number one. I don't know if you can read that that well. But then it's how it will be like, how the rapture is going to be like, how's it going to look like, What's it going to, what does it mean to be taken up in the air, like what does that look like? And then again, it's for believers. Don't be deceived, this is not for the unbelievers, this is for the church only. Do you know that series, you probably have heard of it, Left Behind? Good, good movie, it's fiction, but it's, it's pretty accurate. The unbelievers are going to be probably in mass chaos. And I'm not kidding. I think they're going to think it's some sort of UFO alien abduction that just happened. You know how we're all into aliens, oh, UFOs, sci-fi, all this stuff? The Christians, the church, are going to be literally taken up in the air with Jesus. He's going to take us to heaven, and there's going to be mass chaos. And the people that are left on earth are the unbelievers. Again, you can still get saved in the tribulation. You can still get saved in the tribulation. It's just going to be a different world. It's going to be a different world than what we live in right now. We think this is bad. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be messed up. People are going to look for someone to rise up and bring peace. Everyone talks about world peace right now. Am I wrong? Everyone talks about world peace. We need world peace. We need to feed everyone. Everyone's going hungry. We need to help the poverty. They're going to look for that in the tribulation because it's going to be even worse. That's why the Antichrist is going to rise up. He's going to fix everything. It, it's going to look good at first. Everyone's going to be like, yes, he's the Savior. He's come. He's going to fix everything. This Antichrist. 
Now, they're not going to call him the Antichrist, but that's what the Bible calls him. He's going to be just this one president, basically, of the whole world. It's going to be probably a one currency with, one, with money everywhere, um, one religion. I don't know what it's going to be, but there'll probably just be one religion. He's going to bring a one kind of economic currency um, sort of, um, I don't know, what's the word, administration on the whole earth. No more of these nations and nations. It's going to be one president. And so he's going to rise up. But before that, the rapture happens. The rapture happens. And now let's turn to John 14.3. I want you guys to turn there now. Go back a little bit to, to the book of John, chapter 14. And the Bible tells us that we as believers clearly are going to be taken up in the air. We're not going to have to experience the wrath of God. And I'll give you another example of why I believe we are not going to be experiencing the tribulation. Now, I've got to tell you, there are going to be some friends you may have. There are going to be some people that are going to want to debate with you. Again, it's not a salvation issue technically, but I believe that the Bible is clear on what it says, that us as the church are not going to go through the tribulation. And I think that's an amen. I don't want to go through the tribulation. And I think the Bible clearly tells us of, of verses in the Bible that says we are not going to experience the wrath of God. Now, it's not God's judgment. The tribulation is not God's judgment. The great white throne is God's judgment. The tribulation is just one last thing to shake up the world and say you need Jesus as Savior and he wants all to come to repentance. Again, the tribulation is not judgment. Now, people are going to get saved, the Bible tells us. The Bible also says people are going to reject God, curse at God, and say, forget God. I don't need God. Look what he's doing. And a lot of people are going to fall away again. But the Bible says a lot of people are going to come to faith in Jesus and say, I I want to get out of this. Jesus is my only way. He's my only Savior. I want to come and know him now. And so let's look at right here, John 14. Let's just read verse 1. This is for believers. This is Jesus talking to his disciples about heaven, basically. About making us homes in heaven, in a way. Literally homes, literally places that he's going to build for us in heaven. When he snatches up us up in the air in the rapture, we go straight to heaven. This is what Jesus says. You guys may know this. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. This is heaven. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. He's preparing a place for you and I. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. That word take you, snatched up, caught up. To be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. So this is the part when Jesus is talking on his earthly ministry, a depiction of heaven and that he is building a place for you and I. Those names that are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, if your name is written in that Lamb's Book of Life, he is building a place for you right now. Now people can still get saved and then Jesus is going to start building a home again. Now he was known as a carpenter on earth, so Jesus is a good builder. He knows how to build. It's not going to be some earthly dump McDonald's place. It's going to be extraordinary. God is a detailed God. It's going to be awesome. And he wants us to accept him. And so at the rapture, basically, we're going to be caught up in the air. He's going to take us to be home with him during the tribulation because he doesn't want us as believers, his children, to experience the wrath of God that he has for this world that's rejected him. It's basically just a rescue. It's a rescue mission that Jesus has sent for us. 
And now go to 1 Thessalonians 5.9. Go back to, all the way to 1 Thessalonians. You guys were just there, but sorry, follow along. 1 Thessalonians 5.9. And it says this. Paul's writing, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath. Right there. But to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. God did not appoint us to suffer wrath. As believers, he doesn't want us to have to go through the suffering that he's going to have for the people that do reject him. But the ones that are called upon his name, the ones that receive him as Lord and Savior, the ones who trust him and and accept him into his heart, they're the ones going to be saved and snatched up. Now, there's two ways. You either are going to die a natural death or the rapture is going to happen. And again, in my last slide, we'll, we'll talk about basically the summary of the rapture and what, is, what, is, what, what it's all about, really. When Jesus comes, there's going to be this, this quick trumpet call. He's going to call us up to be with him in the air. And the dead, it's said here in 1 Thessalonians, shall rise first. Now let's, let's look here at 1 Thessalonians again, chapter 4, and what this means. This is how it looks like. This is how the rapture is going to look like. We just read this, 13 through 18, chapter 4. Look at verse 15. It says, According to the Lord's own word, we will tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. The ones that have fallen asleep are either the ones that, the, the church age, the ones that have died before us, and the Old Testament saints. Everyone that has died before us right now. Now, we could be a part of this. If we happen to die before the rapture happens, then we're a part of this. We're a part of this group. If not, if we experience the rapture and we don't experience death, then the people before us rise first. And it says here, verse 16, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with the loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now again, when I was growing up, I had no idea what this meant. What does this mean? The dead will rise first. It's basically what I just said. Those who believed in Jesus, in God the Father, before the rapture happens, God will raise their bodies up. Their spirit will come back to their body from the grave and they will receive their glorified body in in the air, in the clouds with Jesus. Those who die right now and go directly to heaven, they have not received their glorified body yet. If you and I die before the rapture happens, we will go straight to heaven, but it will be our spirit that goes to heaven, not our glorified body. And we're not going to be little baby angels just jumping around in diapers either. Our spirit goes to be with the Lord. But when Jesus comes back, he will raise up the dead that died first. Their natural body will be turned into a glorified body. And the spirit that was from heaven comes back into their glorified body. And on the new new heaven and new earth, the thousand year reign, we are going to be in our glorified bodies. We're not going to be in these bodies anymore. Will they look the same? I don't know. That could be a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not going to say any more like that. If you don't like... Anyway, you may look... You're, we're going to look perfect. We're going to look good. And it says that our glorified bodies are going to be like that of Jesus. And when Jesus ascent, uh, resurrected from the dead and he walked on earth for 40 days, like I said, he could walk through walls. He could, um, he could appear out of nowhere. It's, it's kind of freaky. I mean, it's just like, it's like the movies, like you see all the time. But that is how our glorified bodies will be. They won't be kind of um, 
subjected to the world that we live in now with, with gravity and, and just and friction or whatever, we're, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And you read about these in sci- science fiction novels. I mean, it, it's actually, some of it's true. We're, we're going to be different beings. And our spirit is going to be reunited with our glorified body. And so that's how it's going to look. Our, our spirit that's in heaven will meet now with our glorified body in the air with Jesus. Now I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to tell you how this is going to look. Now what does it mean? Is this going to be like moment, like everyone's going to see people like rising up? Like, whoa, where, where are you guys going? Like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's not going to look like that. And be like, no, Johnny, come back. And it, it's not going to look like that. Trust me. Go to 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just a few pages back. 1 Corinthians 15, up there it says verse 50. I don't know about you, but this is pretty cool stuff. This is interesting stuff. And again, um, I should have said this in the beginning. Um, I don't think today or any time after I teach that I'll answer any questions, but I think we will have some time down the road um, after all this, a Q&A session just for this and I want you guys to submit any questions, because I know you guys have questions right now that are floating in your head, like, what? i, I got to ask this right now. Don't ask me questions right now. Wait until the very end, and I'll tell you how that's going to work, okay? So if you have your questions, just jot them down and just save them, okay? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50. Paul says this, I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does, imperishable, nor does perishable inherit the imperishable. That's interesting. It says here that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's a reference to not our. That's a reference to our physical body. Our physical bodies are not going to be in heaven. It's going to be our glorified bodies. Let's keep reading. Verse fifty-one. Listen, I tell you, a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead, again, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and will be changed. For the perishable must close itself, clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortality. So, the rapture, when it happens, when it comes, it's going to be in a flash, the Bible tells us, in the twinkling of an eye. I kind of did some research. research. The twinkling of an eye happens one and one thousandth of a second. I mean, no one, no one can count that. No one can really fathom that. The, twi- the, the way we blink, when we go to be at the Lord in the rapture, it's going to be faster than a blinking of an eye. Now, I'm not making this up. We just read this. It's going to be incredible, I think. Now, are our, our, our clothes going to be laying around everywhere and we're going to be up there with no clothes on? When we, I, I don't know. Don't ask me that. I have no idea. Don't let me, that be one of your questions. I believe the Lord will dress us in fine white linen when we meet him up there. Or we may have our clothes on. I know in the Left Behind movies, when people were raptured, it was just their clothes just laid out like this perfectly. That, it, it was funny. I, I kind of laughed. At first, I, when I was 10, it creeped me out. I'm like, that is pretty cool. Like the glasses were just put back there. I, probably some dentures would be right there too. Like, you better, be, you better be wearing something nice when Jesus comes back for you. All I'm saying. Never mind. Whatever. I, I don't know how it's going to look. But in the twinkling of an eye, we are going to be taken up 
from this earth and meet him in the air, meet him in the clouds, in the twinkling of an eye. No one's going to be like, oh, I got you. No, you're not going anywhere. No, that's not how it's going to work. <laughs> Jesus is going to take us, snatch us. You can't, you can't fool God. And we're going to be with him in the clouds. And at that point, at that point, in the twinkling of an eye, we are in our glorified body. We are no longer in this body we are in now. Our spirit will meet our glorified body, will be a changed person, will be imperishable, and will be immorality. Like, you know that movie, Immortals? The gods and immortals. I mean, it, th- part of it, this is true. We are, th- are going to be living in immortality. We are go- not going to be perishing anymore. John 3.16, that famous verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his, only one and, his one and only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. How long is everlasting life? A long time. A long time. You're not going to perish, believe me. And don't ask me questions like, what are we going to do in eternity? I've always had that question. I don't know. It's going to be great, though. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll worship God. I mean, how, how much funner do you need? Like, funner? Is that a word? How much funner do you need? More fun. How much more fun do you need? We're going to be eating. We're going to be celebrating. We're going to be playing football and just worshiping the Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay. The rapture of the church. I want to sum everything up right now in four separate points so you guys can look at this. Number one, the rapture means no death. Simple. The rapture means no death. When you are raptured, the the generation that's going to experience the rapture will not experience death. Is this our generation that's going to be raptured? I don't know. Possibly. Again, we are getting more closer and more closer to the coming of Jesus and the rapture than ever before, like I said. This is serious stuff. I'm going to tie this in now of, when we, of how we need to be ready for this. Because when it happens, God's going to give us one more chance in the tribulation. And I'm telling you, you're not going to want to be here during the seven-year tribulation. It's going to be chaos. It's going to be confusion like nothing else. But the rapture means no death. Number two, the rapture is instantaneous. Like we said, in the twinkling of an eye, it happens like that. It's instantaneous. You're not going to be able to calculate it. You're not going to be able to figure out how this happened. It's going to be instantaneous. The rapture is going to happen in in a blink of an eye. Number three, the rapture is transformation. We're going to be in our new glorified bodies. It's quick. It's a transformation. We're going to be different people, really. I don't know how it's going to look. It's going to be amazing, though. The Lord has prepared a place for us. We're going to get new glorified bodies. He is making all things new. The Lord Jesus is all about making things new. Because of sin that has crept in and taken over this world and has caused it to look sick and ugly and deformed, Jesus is going to make it all new. Jesus is going to make all things new. And it's going to start with the rapture. The rapture is the first thing that needs to happen. Because he doesn't want any of us who have been faithful, who have trusted him, and who have who worship him and who have accepted him in his heart. He doesn't want any of us to experience what, what the wrath is going to be like on earth. I don't want to scare you guys. I don't want to scare you. When I grew up, I, I, I'll tell you, I, I was scared. I'm like, what, what, what's going to look like? Like, am I going to get married first? Like, am I going to have kids? Like, can I, am I going to get a house? Like, am I going to live till 50? Like, I, I, please, Lord, don't let the rapture happen until I'm 80 years old. Then just take me away. 
then I, I won't have to die. I won't have to go through like, oh, like this, the, the, pain, the pain of death. I just want to go. Now, the Lord's not going to be able to abide by that for everyone. But what he does call for us is that we are to be ready. That we are to be ready. And number four, the rapture will be a rescue operation. He's basically going to come down and rescue us from this earth because he doesn't want us to experience what this world is going to do, what this world's going to experience. You don't have to turn there, but I want to read something to you. Luke 17. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God here with his disciples and the Jews and the Pharisees. All, they had, all of them had questions about the end times. And Jesus says here plainly, and I don't, I don't want to get too much into it because it kind of talks about the tribulation and what it will look like. That's for next week. But I want to tell you how Jesus saved two people in the Old Testament from different wraths that were coming from the Lord on God-forsaking sinful people. And it says in Luke 17, verse 26, you can just hear me when I'm reading, just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man, that's Jesus. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark, then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planning and building, but the day Lot left Sodom, Fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. That is referring to the end times. Now those are two incidents that happened in the Bible in the Old Testament. Noah and Lot. Both of those incidents were judgment. The people had rejected the Lord. The people didn't worship Him. The people fell away. They had nothing to do with the Lord. They just did their own thing. They did life. Eat, drink, and marry. They just did life, but they had no regards for God. Noah, the preacher of righteousness, the only one that was the the one who was righteous on the earth, him and his wife and his sons and their wives entered the ark, and God saved them from the wrath. The same with Lot. Lot and his wife and his two sons and, and, um, I'm sorry, his two daughters were all saved from the wrath that the Lord poured out on Sodom and Gomorrah. One was with water, one was with fire. But do do you see what I'm getting at, the point? He rescued the righteous from the wrath that God had appointed for that, for that God-forsaken people. And I believe the Bible tells us clearly that the wrath of God will not be on his church. And that the rapture is going to happen for those who believe in him will be taken up from this earth to be with him in the, in, in the clouds. And he will take us from there to be with him in heaven. And Philippians 3.20 for number three, the rapture is transformation. I just want to read it for you. You don't have to turn there, but you can write it down. Philippians 3.20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. We're going to be transformed. It's going to be the ultimate Transformers movie like never before. Except we're not going to be robot aliens. We're going to be better. It's going to be a transformation like nothing before. And then 1 Thessalonians 1.10, we already read that. It's going to be a rescue operation that Jesus is going to come back, rescue those who want, to, who want to believe in him. And I want to close with this, that I don't know where your hearts are. I don't know where you are with the Lord. 
I hope you're on track with the Lord. I hope you are in your word daily. I hope you're in prayer. I hope you're in, in thanksgiving and you're, you're uh, practicing patience. If you're going through a trial or a suffering, that you keep the faith, that you have your confidence in Christ, like we talked about Sunday morning. Because we need to be ready. The Bible tells us we need to be ready. Encourage one another with these words, the Bible tells us. Encourage one another with these words. Look, we're not going to save everybody on this planet. You're not going to save your best friend if he, doesn't want, he or she doesn't want to get saved. It's only Jesus who's going to save them. But what can you do? What can I do? The best I can do is really pray for them. The best thing I can do is just share them the gospel and have them listen because God wants no one to perish. He wants everyone to come into his kingdom. He wants everyone to come into the family of God and not experience what the tribulation is going to go through. I just pray you're ready. It can happen anytime. We're in that church age, right on that timeline again. We're in that church age where Jesus could come anytime. And then the seven-year tribulation is upon us. I know where my heart is. My heart, my treasure is in heaven. And I have full assurance that I'm either going to die on this earth or I'm going to be taken up to be with the Lord in heaven. And I praise Jesus for that. I'm so excited that the Lord came down as a son, as a baby, died for me on the cross, rose again, and now calls me to follow him, even though it's a life that's kind of painful. But it can be happy at times. But he came down. He chose me. He chose you. The Bible says before the creation of the world, he wants all of us to come to repentance. I don't want anyone, any of us to go through this tribulation. If you don't know him in a personal way, I pray that you do. And if you need to talk to me, talk to one of our leaders, we will gladly sit down and pray with you. We will answer any questions you have. I want you guys to have full assurance of your faith. Again, we're not going to do a Q&A tonight. We're going to do that later. So if you've had any questions about this or later down the road, we'll, we'll get to those questions. But God, he loves our questions, but he wants our heart. He wants our heart. He wants us to have a relationship with him. We can't, you know, you guys are in high school, and I thought this in high school too. I just want to have fun. I just want to have fun. In a Christian way, I just want to have fun though. Looking back now, and looking at where this world is going, and how just six, seven years, what, can, what the world can look like, I don't know what it's going to look like 20 years from now. And me, I'm challenging myself, I'm, I'm done fooling around. I want to get serious with the Lord. And I want to be one of those people that's going to be taken up and caught up in the air. And not have to go through this. Because it's, that's the one last chance people are going to have. And you have to think of how that's going to look. No Christians on the entire planet. Just think about that. No Christians. No one. No pastors. Nothing. They are going to be by themselves. The Bible does say people will still get saved, but it's going to be a lot harder. The church is going to be gone. There's no one to, there's no one to just ride on someone else's faith. And I, I don't like that. I don't like when someone is just um, rides or, or, or is grounded in someone else's faith. We need to kind of grow up and take control of our own faith, and we need to stand firm in our own faith and not lean on somebody else. The Bible never says to lean on somebody else. What does the Bible say? Lean on his own understanding. 
I'm going to have a fun time teaching about the end times. I love it. And I want you guys to, to ask any questions you have at the end and at the end of when we're done with all this. But be ready. I want you guys to be encouraged about this. The Lord is going to come again, and it's going to be awesome. For those who believe him, for those who know him. So we'll pray right now. And I'll pray that you guys, if you do know him, that you just will stick with him, that you won't um, be ashamed of who he is. You won't be ashamed of him from, with different classmates, with professors, with family. I don't know if you guys are in a family who doesn't believe in Jesus. I just pray that you keep the faith. That's, what all, that's all that Jesus is asking for us, is that we keep the faith. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the study of, of your word and revelation and end times, and we, we, do, we do love studying it, and it's just a, kind of an interesting, mysterious um, book of this revelation you've given us, and I pray that we, we would just um, simply fall on our knees and, and trust you and follow you, that we, can, we don't have to experience um, this tribulation that, that will come, but that we either will die and be with you or that you will take us home, whatever comes first. But I pray that we'll be ready. I pray that you will just um, soften our hearts to what you have for us and we can be witnesses to other people. You want none to perish. You want all to come to repentance. So I pray that we won't just soak this in for ourselves, but we'll pour this out unto others in our schools, our homes, our jobs. And that this is... Um, This is just something that will spark something in us, in our hearts. And this is your word. You you have revealed the rapture to us. You have revealed that this tribulation is upon us and that the end times will come. But I pray that we will not be frightened. We will take heart. We will encourage one another as we see the day approaching. We thank you, Jesus, for, for coming and dying for us and now calling us to be with you. I pray that we will be ready for that time. We love you and go before us now. In Jesus' name, amen. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.